Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Brush Show, which is the name of my podcast. Uh, my buddy Chad will not be joining us today. Um, there's a lot of weird weird life things going on that is making it difficult to get this set up the way that I want it to be set up, but um, if I can, I'm going to attempt to make this happen every week in spite of setbacks. Um, uh, those of you who are perceptive may notice from the video that I'm a, in a different location than the last episode, and that's one of the reasons why uh, Chad won't be able to make it here, because I'm just across town. This episode, for those that saw any of my posts, and this is kind of, uh, kind of one of the challenges of uh, running the podcast is just promoting it. I'm trying to figure out the best ways to promote it. Uh, so if you guys enjoy the pro- the podcast, uh, feel free to share it and all that stuff. But anyway, um, this podcast is going to be a little bit more focused on fan ideas. And I've gotten a lot of suggestions of things to talk about. And in the chat, uh, please, if you have any comments, if you want to contribute to the conversation, that's a part of this podcast. And I think that's one of the things that makes this podcast unique is that it... Uh, allows the audience to actually participate in the conversation. So feel free to do that. And if you have any subjects that you would like for me to talk about, um, feel free to throw that out in the chat as well. I guess the first thing that we'll talk about is I don't, I don't usually get into the whole like uh, celebrity news type stuff. Um, but there's a few things going on that I just want to briefly mention because they are interesting to me in various ways. Um, <laughs> the first thing is, and I'm just, I'm only going to talk about these things briefly, uh, probably because honestly, I don't keep up as much as some other people. But the first thing is this whole Beyonce lemonade thing. Now, I haven't even listened to the whole Beyonce thing, so you guys can tell me you know, where, (laughs) if I'm coming from this at the wrong angle and things like this, but like, so like the background of this is Beyonce, you know, being Beyonce dropped this video album. It was like an HBO special or something about it. And basically this whole album is about like the topic of the album is a woman scorn. Like she's just talking about, you know, being cheated on or something. And then talking about like, you know, I'm, I'm a bad bitch. You can't mess with me like that. Like that's, that's kind of like the idea behind it. Now keep in mind, I haven't listened to it and I probably won't listen to it because I don't care that much, but it's interesting because, you know, Jay-Z, you know, this is, this is the guy that made big pimping. Like this is the guy who's supposed to be on top of the world. He married like the hottest chick ever. Like he's like capable of no harm. But the, but the, 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 the funny thing is like these are people who have made a career of of bringing publicity to themselves so a lot of people are like is this even like a real thing and you know the, there's the whole Rachel Roy thing who is um the lady that people are accusing um B- Jay-Z of cheating on Beyonce with which as far as I know, this is entirely based on a post that she made where she says something about having good hair and 
and and Beyonce made a line about Becky with the good hair, so everyone's like Rachel Roy is Becky with the good hair, or maybe they've been talking about Rachel Roy far in the past. I've never heard of Rachel Rachel Roy before now, and that is that's part of it too. Is like people like they like slammed like they raided her Instagram like the Bayhive or whatever you call it, or the Beehive. I don't know how you pronounce it, but they they raided Rachel Roy's. Uh, Instagram and social media and uh, funnily enough they they were attacking Rachel Ray because her name sounds similar because people are crazy but they're like attacking this woman because they think that she is a homewrecker or something Um, but not much you know I haven't heard anyone go after Jay-Z really I mean there's been a lot of really funny memes making fun of Jay-Z which is hilarious to me like this is the guy that made Big Pimpin and I'm a hustler and now he's the target he's like the laughing stock of Twitter but this is the thing I saw a good point about this because I mean there's all these articles you know people will share anything on the internet but there's these articles that are like Beyonce and Jay-Z made 150 million dollars off this and they're like they were just seen you know PDAing it up on the beach or something like two days ago so you guys were just all made fools of who knows but that's really easy to believe because if you think about it if you 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 just think about Beyonce's catalog like just think about the the types of songs that she makes like all of her songs are about this kind of thing like you you can look back I mean Jay-Z and Beyonce I looked it up they got married in 2008 right after they, they got married Beyonce made a song called Single Ladies Okay, can you think? And then, and then you have to keep in mind they've been dating for like three years before this. Like she made, like right before they got married, she made a song called "Irreplaceable," where which is basically about, you know, and you know, obviously it probably wasn't about Jay Z because she continued to date him after that. But this is the type of thing that Beyonce does. So it's it's interesting to me that the internet just jumps on this. Beyonce is crazy. Like. No, not Beyonce is crazy. Beyonce's fandom is crazy. It's not even her commanding her audience to do anything. It's just her audience taking it upon themselves to make assumptions. But this whole thing, not really the actual album or what the album is about, but just the way that every like everyone is just so maniacal and fanatic about it is crazy to me. That's all I want to say about that. The second piece of celebrity related news is the more info that we're getting about the death of Prince. We t- I talked a little bit about Prince on the last pop- podcast, but we, we, we mostly just talked about like how we like Prince and you know our memories of Prince and uh, just what he meant to us. But now, now they're like, you know, they've done like the autopsy and stuff of Prince and they're saying that it is likely um, drug related a drug overdose because there's no sign of like uh trauma there's no sign of foul play they think that he was alone you know things like that so they're saying that it's a drug overdose but of course i mean if you know anything about prince he was pretty well known for not ever like but saying that he didn't drink or do drugs or anything which means that it was probably prescription drugs and that sounds a lot it sounds very similar to the michael jackson thing Although Michael Jackson was administered the drugs by his doctor, but it's I, it makes you really think about these, uh, you know, prescription painkillers that are like killing people. Like, what's the deal with that? I've never um, I've never been prescribed painkillers like that. Here's a guy that was as far as anyone know, he was healthy. Like they said, they, they he had no significant history of disease or, you know, 
illness. He wasn't, you know, as far as we know, he wasn't currently diagnosed with an illness and he was young. I mean, he was getting, he was getting up there is almost 60, but he wasn't at an age where he should just drop dead randomly. It's like, what's the deal with these painkillers? I mean, I'm sure this is, I'm not the first person to bring this up. I mean, if these people are just dropping dead, either like doctors are just not showing any discretion because, you know, same, like the thing with Michael Jackson, like you kind of have to think, is his doctor going to tell him no? Like if Michael Jackson is like, I need you to give me these painkillers, is his doctor going to tell him no? He's Michael Jackson. And he's probably, his doctor's probably getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars for that shit. But is, so I don't know if it's the same thing with Prince. I mean, Prince could be doing it on his own because it's, it's, it's said that he was alone when he died, most likely. But like, how much do you have to take for it to be an overdose? This is what I don't know. I mean, you guys can tell me. And if you're just like, I'm just imagining someone just like alone, just popping pills. Like I can't. And then, you know, there's all kinds of other things that it could be because you never know because everyone was shocked when you f we found out that Robin Williams committed suicide because, you know, he seemed like such a happy person. But you never know what someone's dealing with on their own. And I don't know anything about Prince. He seemed to be you know, pretty happy with his life, but who knows? We don't know him. I, I think, see, yeah, what, what you're saying, uh, Wayfair Angel, I think it's the, the doctors, you know, they, they'll very quickly prescribe you medicine. And I think that's just part of the, especially in America, that's part of the problem with the medical system is doctors, I think, are encouraged to prescribe more and more pills and medicine just because that makes money for the drug companies and all that stuff so they're encouraged to do that and also not even that they're encouraged to do that that's what patients have been convinced they should do is like okay i'm in pain i should get painkillers like you know and i'm i'm not a medical expert or anything but it just seems like feed me pills shouldn't be the answer to everything you know so is it like your your body gets weaker over time and it just takes less pills to overdose or something like that but yeah so i guess yeah and then not even just your body gets weaker but like you're saying parker is that you build up a tolerance um so is it so you have to take more pills in order to relieve the relieve you of the pain and so you end up taking more and more pills but i don't know man at some point when you're just popping pills you have to like do you ever just sit back and think to yourself hey i'm popping a lot of pills right now like that's kind of a lot of pills I mean, just, I don't know. It's interesting. Aaron Aaron says, I was pre prescribed antidepressants in about 30 seconds after talking to my new, new doctor. Yeah, they do that. It's, now, now, that's a whole different issue when you're talking about antidepressants and like, you know, medicine for basically antidepressants or medicine for anxiety and things like that. that. That is also a big thing because we don't really deal with mental health issues very well. And honestly, like... You know, when you just go to your doctor, they're usually not trained in mental health issues, so they don't know what else to do except except prescribe you antidepressants. You really ought to go to like a specialized doctor who deals with that, because that that happened to me as well. Like, um, I, I went to the doctor for just because I had a swollen foot, and and I just mentioned to the doctor that I was dealing with anxiety, and they just with no questions asked prescribed me some some pills for anxiety. Like, you know, nothing that's no, no questions. Literally, there were no follow up questions. They were like, OK, we can give you some pills for that. That's cool. And that just doesn't seem right. I don't know. OK, and the last uh, celebrity related thing, which is a little bit on the lighter, lighter side. Uh, it, it was 
basically confirmed recently that they're making a sequel to Space Jam. And I want <laughs> I want to know you guys' thoughts on this because Space Jam is one of those nostalgic movies that like you were you watch as a kid and it just you, you love it as a kid and you like kind of know that it's not a great movie but it's still like super fun to watch and i i love space jam like i love this movie and they're making and they're making a space jam 2 and it's gonna star lebron james i kind of expect michael jordan to make a cameo but it's gonna be lebron james i, I don't know what the story's gonna be uh i don't know if it's gonna be like a direct sequel like set in the same universe or if it's just gonna be a completely different story it could either be really cool or really bad this is the thing that i'm worried about and and this is the thing about it is you can't really compete with nostalgia because you know we're not kids anymore uh, as far as I know, there may be some kids in the chat. I'm not sure, but we're not really kids anymore. So it's not going to have that nostalgic touch as the first one, but it may be good because I'm pretty sure that LeBron James is a better actor than Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan wasn't the best actor. Uh, they used him pretty well in the movie. They didn't make him do any like super dramatic monologues or anything like that but we've seen LeBron James in like commercials and stuff and he was pretty good. He's pretty, you know, funny he's got good comedic timing and so i am i think i i'm optimistic about that that aspect of it i haven't seen a looney tunes related thing in a while um i don't know if they have the same voice actors i'm sure m most of them are probably the same uh as the last one because these people have this job for life until they die pretty much i mean they did announce that they were making this movie like five years ago because i remember seeing just some article but, you know they there's like a rumor mill for everything and then especially with movies like people will you know write a script or something but the movie may never get made um but it was announced recently like i think today that they're actually like gonna make this movie um i don't know when it's gonna come out it probably won't won't come out for another year or two but but i think space this space jam that they're in a particular good situation because the first space jam movie isn't amazing <laughs> it's just nostalgic so like i feel like if they make a half decent movie then i think it'll be fine <laughs> as long as it's not bad i feel you know if if you make if you use the the looney tunes characters correctly it's hard to make a bad movie because looney tunes by by definition is cheesy and corny comedy that's what you expect from it that's what you like that is what you you're not too mad if it's like stupid because it's supposed to be stupid so that I'm, I'm interested in that I'm, I'm especially interested in the character of lola bunny because i really hope that they use the space jam version of lola bunny and not the i don't know if you saw like the uh they sort of did a a reboot of the looney tunes characters um in like the 2000s and there's i i don't know if it's, it may still be on i don't it probably isn't though but they sort of redesigned they they redid the art style of the characters and they changed around their personalities a little bit but the most significant change was lola bunny which i didn't i i was not okay with what they did with her because i mean to be fair lola bunny was voiced by Kristen wig who is amazing but they changed her character because in in space jam lola bunny was like this super like assertive like sexy what'd she say to bugs bunny like don't call me what'd she say don't call me babe or something like that but yeah she was like super assertive and confident and talented uh, but in the reboot in the reboot of looney tunes they just turned her into like this 
really stupid, ditzy, like idiotic, you know, comic relief type character. So I don't know. I don't like. I hope they use the original Space Jam version of Lola Bunny and not that version. I'm I'm interested in this, uh, for sure. So those those are the main things that I wanted to talk about. And uh, from for the next. Uh, 30 45 minutes we're gonna do some of the questions that we got practice human being said do you like cats legit question because some do and some don't but it's a very heated issue those of you who know me actually you may not you may not be uh familiar because actually the the last two places i lived i lived with cats my roommates had cats they weren't my cats but my roommates had cats anyway the answer to that question is no i don't like cats at all <laughs> in terms of animals that you can keep as pets that is easily my least favorite animal uh and it could just be my experience um, but it seems like people i guess that people like cats because they're like cute and they're occasionally affectionate but overall cats are just really like annoying they like messing with stuff and they like breaking stuff and they like scratching stuff and they like getting in your way and they, you know, they don't do, it's really hard to get a cat to do what you want it to do. So it's, it's always been weird to me that people like cats. Uh, but the thing is, people who do like cats seem to acknowledge most of the thing, most of the things that I just said, but still they like them still. It's like, you know, I'll say people were, like I said, people admit that cats do all these things. And then I'll be like, yeah, I don't really like cats. And then people would be shocked. Like, how can you not like cats? Like, for the reasons that you just agreed to, that's the reason why. So, no, I don't really like cats that much. Uh, Brenda Barnett in the chat said, do you watch anime? And if so, if so, which ones do you like and not like? I don't I don't watch anime at all, really. Um, I used to, when I was uh, in, like, in high school and college, some of my friends tried to get me to watch anime. And in my experience, most of them were, like, not great to me. The only anime series that I've seen that I think was actually really, really good is Cowboy Bebop. And then I got really into Naruto for a while. Um, but other than that, when back then when I used to watch anime, I, I was like, most of this is very slow paced and boring and often very confusing and incoherent. And it made me not want to watch it anymore. But I've heard that there's been a lot of great animes that come out in recent dates. So maybe I'll you know, watch them one day when I'm bored. But as of right now, I don't really watch anime. Cats can be all right if you just want something to cuddle, says that fellow with the scarf. I mean, maybe, but the thing is, a cat won't cuddle you sometimes just because it doesn't feel like it. This is the thing, like, cats just do whatever they want and you just have to deal with it. Sometimes they cuddle you and then sometimes they will scratch you if you come close to their face or sometimes they'll not want to be touched. You know, it's it's a weird thing. They just do whatever they want and you just deal with it. It's basically my experience with cats and what I see when I see people deal with cats. It's like they just basically cats just do whatever they want and you deal with it. Um, you can I've, I've actually read that it's possible to train a cat, but a lot of people don't bother doing it because cats are pretty independent. So you don't really need them to do whatever you want. But still, like it's pretty annoying because whatever they want to do is sometimes inconvenient to you and sometimes and maybe if you just like want to cuddle your cats 24 7 or something then that's cool but i'm not that type of person that's just gonna sit up and like cuddle a cat all day and sometimes when the cat wants to be touched i don't feel like doing it or wants attention i don't feel like 
like you know i'll go in my kitchen and i'm trying to cook some food and the cat will just jump up on the stove in front of me or like he'll jump he'll like walk where i need my hands to be and that's just annoying and you can't be like hey move because it doesn't listen to you and if you pick it up and move it it'll just jump right back up and get in your way again that's annoying to me i don't like that that's super annoying to me uh so i don't it's like i can't deal with that okay laurel laurel on facebook said can you talk about the balance between taking time to educate a misogynist slash racist slash homophobic slash transphobic etc friend when they aren't quite there yet and need you to explain it to them versus when they need to do the work themselves and it's not your job to explain stuff to them constantly okay so my my opinion on this is kind of probably controversial at least among the sort of social justice slash feminist community my view my view is that if you want if you like genuinely and honestly want to change society and if you actually and genuinely want things to be better then it's your responsibility to do something about it obviously i think everyone has a responsibility to you know not be an asshole and be nice to people and be honest and be all that stuff but the, in reality most people aren't gonna do that they're just not going to so the only way that the world will ever change is if you do it so if you actually want something you have to do it if you want people to know something you have to educate them it's not it's because most people aren't going to do it themselves i mean they should but they but they won't so if you actually want if you actually want change then you have to educate them that's your job it is your job if you if you actually care now i think there are people who don't care i think there are people who are just mad and they just want to yell and they just want to vent which you know is not all bad but you just have to know that that's not helping anything but if you actually care about things changing then yes it is your job to educate people because that's the only way it's going to happen <laughs> like how else is it going to happen no and i'm not saying everyone you try to educate is going to you know magically agree with you some of them will be completely unreceptive to it but not all of them will and that's the only way that's the only way it ever has changed like when martin luther king was doing his thing he was never like uh it's not my job to educate y'all uh peace out i'm going home until y'all fix racism like that's not how it works it doesn't that doesn't work and uh, like i said this is kind of a controversial view because i hear people all the time say it's not my job to educate you and that's just you know that's a conversation stopper that doesn't help anything so in my view if you want change if you really do then you do you should put effort into educating people and it's up to us to find the best way to do that there are obviously good ways to do that and bad ways to do that and you have to you have to realize a that some people just aren't going to be receptive at all and that's just part of the deal but if you are actually making compelling arguments then honest people of which there are many honest people will be receptive and they will see your side of they will see your side of the story and 
also you have to realize that when you talk about educating people you have to realize that there's room for you to be educated as well because everyone has a limited perspective so that's that's my view on that um now if you find if you find yourself having to reiterate and reiterate and constantly explain something to the same person then i can see like okay you know at this point if if you actually give a shit then you can look it up yourself um because I'm, I've already explained it to you like 20 times in that situation. Yeah. But if you're just talking about people in general, then you, you have to, because that's the only way. And, and the thing about it too, is not only do you have to educate people because that's the only way they'll know. It's like some people, there are some things that people cannot educate themselves about. Like, well, a good example. I just made a video about transgender people. I'm not a transgender person. I don't have as far as I know, I don't have any close friends that are transgender. Um, and I can do so much. I can look it up and which I've done. I've read a lot of stuff about trans people. I've talked to trans people on the internet and things like that, but I will never on my own learn what it's like to be trans. Like I have, people have to educate me about that. That's literally the only way that I'll learn about that. That is literally the only way or like, you know, I'm a black person the only way that I can get people to understand what it's like to be a black person is if I tell them they can't, if you're not a black person, you can't really know, you can look it up. You can read, you know, um, statistics and stuff, but you have to be educated by black people to know what it's like to be a black person. That's the only way that that will happen. So for me, there's no, there's not a balance really what it is is you have to educate people that's how i feel about that and like i said it's kind of a it's kind of a controversial thing and to me i don't know why i don't know why it's controversial i mean i think i think the problem is we sort of expect we give people too much credit <laughs> i think people need a little bit of help um cuz everyone is everyone has convictions everyone is convinced of something and the only way to um to show someone or to in, in to broaden someone's perspective is to present an argument, a compelling argument that con- contradicts their own convictions. And we just, I think we just sort of expect people to know magically by themselves or they ex- expect people to become enlightened by themselves with no help. I, I think that's, that can be the issue there. And I don't know. I don't, I don't really agree with that. And that, I mean, that's part of, part of what I try to do with my YouTube channel, although my YouTube channel is not really about education or informing people. Usually, um, my, my YouTube channel is mainly about presenting what I think are compelling arguments and then just getting feedback and, you know, having a conversation. But I think that's part of it too. It's, it's sharing what I've learned and sharing what I think other people should, should think about. So I guess piggybacking off the whole trans thing, um, Aaron, Aaron Bevan on YouTube, leave me, left me this comment that said, you seem very dismissive of people who have the argument. What if someone who solely has bad intentions uses the veil of a transgender identity and decides to go in to, into the other's gender's bathroom? Could you talk about why this wouldn't be a reasonable argument or maybe ways to prevent that from happening? Um, so yeah, in my last video on my main channel, I made a video about transgender people and, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, 
there's in the news there's been a lot of talk about transgender people in bathrooms people are you know they're like passing laws to prevent trans trans people from using the bathroom that corresponds with their personal identity and i think that's a problem but one of the one of the arguments for this is that people will misuse um misuse that by pretending to be trans so they can use the wrong bathroom to spy or prey on women or children or whatever and in the in the video and in right now i I say that that's a really dumb argument. Um, the main reason is because it's not a real problem. Um, you, you can't you can't create your own problem and then propose a solution to it. That's like me going door to door to sell a tiger repellent. It's like, hey, you know, tigers suck. You don't want to get attacked by a tiger. So here's a tiger repellent. Well, if you don't have a problem with tigers attacking your home, and if that's not a problem that anyone has for real, then that's then me proposing a solution to it is is bad or it's is stupid. Um, I'm sure that a tiger has attacked someone in their home before in the history of mankind. But. It's not a real ongoing problem, so there's we don't need to go to all this trouble to create a solution for it. So that's the main reason why I think that that's stupid. But secondly, when we're talking about people sneaking into the women's bathroom or even to the men's bathroom to prey on people or to spy on people, this has nothing to do with being trans. Like most bath, most public bathrooms don't have a guard at the door and they shouldn't. But if I, for example, wanted to spy on women, I could just do it without pretending to be trans. I could just do it. There's nothing stopping me. When you target trans people for something that has nothing specifically to do with trans people, that's, you know, that's discrimination. That's not, that's not a good argument. So I, I, I agree that I was dismissive of that argument because it's a terrible argument and it's a, it's a idea that is based on, you know, I, I think it's masked behind mistrust of trans people. I don't think it's a real argument. Now, if you're talking about how to prevent people from preying on others in general, you know, that's a whole different discussion, which has nothing to do with trans people. And, you know, I don't I don't know. But like, I don't for one, I don't think that's a huge problem. Um, you don't really hear on the news every day about people like sneaking in the bathroom. Like people are much more likely to be attacked and assaulted by like their family members and their boyfriends and their neighbors and things like that not by strangers in the bathroom so if you want to talk about what's the real problems then i think that's what sh that that's a better conversation so I, I i just i just think it's i think it's a made-up problem now if you have some kind of evidence that proves to me that it's not that it's a real problem that happens all the time and it's just like this worldwide disaster that we need to pass laws to prevent please show that to me because i haven't seen it but that's the pro that's what i think is the issue is that it's just not a real problem and people are proposing a solution to something that's not a problem just to discriminate against trans people uh in terms of bathroom i i i personally am in favor of unisex bathrooms like universally unisex bathrooms um i'm sure i'm i know not everyone would be okay with that but i think as a society we would get used to it 
for because this isn't a, a thing that happens that often uh, i mean people get attacked and assaulted in bathrooms at the same rate as they get assa- attacked and assaulted anywhere else if not less so i think i think as as society moves forward and forward sp- splitting things by gender is is going to be less and less significant and less and less of an important thing to do in my in my opinion um it's still something to consider because I think probably forever um, being trans is is going to be relatively uncommon. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be like 50-50 trans and cis. But so so it's still going to be important to for like health reasons and, you know, biological reasons for to to distinguish between males and females, which I when I say male and female, I don't mean man and woman. I think those are. I separate those terms. I don't know if that's what everybody does, but me personally, when I say male and female, I'm talking biologically. And when I say man and woman, I say I'm talking about gender. But um, clearly there are reasons, you know, medically and, you know, physically to distinguish between males and females. Um, But the bathroom is not one of those reasons, in my opinion. So I think and I think there's going to be a lot of things like that as we move forward as a society where we realize that there's no reason to separate by gender. Um, yeah. And uh, Kai Finian, sorry if I said your name wrong, that I, I, I made that point in the video as well. It's actually it's, I, I, I would argue that it's more dangerous to not allow trans people to go in their preferred bathroom because for one, trans people get there is evidence that trans people get harassed in public places um, for being trans. But the thing is most people or not most people but a lot of people who are trans are not out as trans i mean they live their lives as their as as a specific gender but it may not be immediately clear that they are trans and so if if these laws pass they could immediately be outed as trans which could lead to harassment not to mention just humiliation and you know trauma so this, and that's one of the reasons why I think this is just all a farce. It's not real. It's just intended to discriminate against trans people for whatever reason, for religious reasons, for political agenda reasons, appealing to your base, or just for straight up, I hate trans people reasons. Because there's, there's, if we're thinking rationally, like if we're thinking what what will um, be best for the well-being of the people here, then this makes no sense. Like it's literally, uh, there's more evidence to support that not doing this is better than doing this. So Zen interviews on Twitter asks, asks, can you talk about the Bechdel test in movies? This is an interesting thing. I think I've talked about this on li- on live streams before. Uh, if you don't know the Bechdel test, I, I think that's how you say it. Bechdel or Bechdel? I'm going to say Bechdel. The Bechdel test for movies is... In order to pass the Bechdel test, a movie must have two, two, at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. And it's um, it's an interesting thing because so many movies fail the test. And you would think that it would be really easy to pass the test. But I think it's been estimated that almost 50% of all movies fail the test. I guess the point of it, it's been used by mostly by sort of like feminist groups or like women's women's activists and women's advocates to to imply that you know movies are 
movies generally have very one-dimensional and flat women characters and uh, the fact that you know you can't even have two women who talk about something other than a man kind of shows this and i think this is an interesting test uh because it, i because i would agree with the notion that a lot of a lot of movies have very one-dimensional uh women characters and characters that seem to be solely driven by their pursuit of men um but the interesting thing about the Bechdel test is it's because it's it started out as a joke it literally was a joke it, it started out in the reason it's called a Bechdel test is because it's named after I think her name is Allison Bechdel who is is a comic comic strip artist she um made this as literally like the punchline of a comic strip and then you know from there people sort of ran with it and it's become like it's almost become like a standard of like whether a whether a movie is sexist or not but the, but the interesting thing is that the comic strip was about the the comic strip in which this originated was a les it's a comic strip about lesbians i haven't i'm not that familiar but i know it was it's about lesbians and it it was a lesbian joke like it wasn't supposed to be a feminist joke i think it was originally supposed to be a lesbian joke about heteronormativity in uh movies so that's interesting because it's sort of been morphed into this like feminist thing and women thing it's not the thing about it and this is a problem with a lot of a lot of this stuff is it's too it's too simple it's too it it lacks nuance uh, someone told me recently like nuance is like your favorite word you say it in like every video and and i guess i do say it a lot but it's a very important concept guys you every, every, nothing is black and white like all, pretty much nothing is black and white there is always nuance and the bechdel test lasts lacks nuance and that's the problem and you know people have pointed out many examples of movies that pass the bechdel test that necessarily that aren't necessarily like feminists or don't necessarily have you know positive female characters and a good example of this is disney movies Uh, a lot of disney movies pass the bechdel test um, including frozen for example but disney movies almost invariably have pretty shitty like morals when it comes to women like almost all of them are about women not being whole unless they have a man um, including frozen so you know that's one of the limitations and then on the flip side there are movies that fail the bechdel test that have great female characters like uh, an example a recent example that has been given a lot is the movie gravity uh, which has you know one of the most interesting female characters in recent history but you know just because of the nature of the movie it fails the bechdel test but a lot of people have been um sort of almost like i said using it as a standard and and i i I think that people just it gets to a point where you don't want to even think you know you don't want to think about the nuance you just want to make this like test and if it doesn't pass the test then there's something wrong with it like there are people that are like okay well maybe gravity was good but it didn't pass this test so i gotta find something wrong with it like that's i don't think that's the way you should be looking at things and that goes a little bit further into something that I've talked about before and this is when we're talking about criticizing movies versus criticizing the culture and the industry that produces these movies 
because I think there's an important distinction between those two things. Not everybody agrees with me on this as well. This is kind of a controversial thing that I've talked about. But when someone makes a movie, they're going to make, and not even just a movie, a, a book, a song, a, a video game, any, any form of media or art. If someone makes that, they're going to, out of necessity, make that from their point of view. Like, if I'm, if I write a movie or if I make a video game or something, it's going to be from the point of view of a 30 year old black man who's doesn't have that much money. Like it's going to be that point of view, regardless, even if I write, even if the main character of my movie is a rich white girl, it's still going to be from my point of view through that lens. And I can't help that. That's, that's going to happen. So the problem, the, I think it's a problem if you if I write something, like say if I write something and you look at the thing that I wrote and you're like, okay, this this doesn't have, uh, this isn't feminist enough or this is not um, sympathetic to people with disabilities and things like that. Like to me, that's not fair because I don't have the point of view of a woman or a person with disabilities. Like, I have my point of view. You can you can criticize my point of view for sure, but you can't expect me to write something that's not from my point of view. And I think that's what we're doing. That's what the Bechtel test kind of does. So if you want to write, if you want to make a movie that's not from the point of view of women, which you will do if you're not a woman, it's very likely that you'll pass the you won't that you will fail the Bechtel test. Because that's just the point of view that you have. So this goes on this. So the point is, or at least so what we conclude from that is we need more points of view. Obviously, if the if so many movies fail this test, then obviously we need more points of view. So why aren't there more points of view? And that's the that's to me, that's a more interesting uh, discussion. And this is why in my video about feminism, this is why I think that a women's movement is necessary, because among other things, a woman's point of view is missing, uh, you know, not entirely, but, you know, largely from a lot of our media. And that is due, I would say, in large part to sexism and, and not just men and women. But that's the example we're talking about. We definitely need more, you know, voices of other nationalities and other ethnicities and, you know, other sexual orientations. And we need more trans voices and we need more voices from people with disabilities like we need it all this represented and you know these people are definitely marginalized and i think that's an important distinction for sure and i think that's the that's the main thing that the bechtel test or the idea of the bechtel test uh sort of misses and in just in general trying to use this one test as the end-all be-all standard for whether or not a movie is sympathetic to women is just never going to work no matter what test you come up with for real uh, Wayfair Angel says more points of view also makes it easier to empathize with other viewpoints. It gives a point of reference. Uh, definitely. Absolutely. That and, and we've seen this. We know that this works. Like, I think a lot of people think that people will be scared if they see like too many black people on TV. But we've seen this before. Even like current shows like the show Blackish on TV right now is completely from a black point of view. It's created by black people. And then we have shows like um fresh off the boat things like that i guess i'm gonna i guess we'll end it there
Um, I definitely appreciate everyone that came to watch the second episode of my podcast. Some very good questions today. Um, I'm, I have to do, we, we're going to have to figure out uh, how we're going to do the future of the podcast just because I was talking about things happening in life and me having to move around and stuff is making it kind of difficult, but I'm going to try my best to do this every week. It looks like it's going to be every Monday around about the time it started, which was 4 p.m. Central Time. You can find a converter to figure out what that is in your time. Thanks once again. Please follow me on social media. Uh, The One Janitor is the name on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, AskFM, all that stuff. Uh, If you would like to support the podcast or me uh, in a more uh, financial way, uh, check out the link below. For the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash the2janitor. It would really help us out uh, if you wanted to do that. Uh, I put out a video on my main channel, The One Janitor, uh, yesterday. It's about transgender people. So if you would like to visit that, go check that out on the main channel. I will see you guys next time. Jesus.